one one a giant um, cold cut of uh, of shawarma. Um, the but yeah, so like us recording this episode will make it so that all of the pending news stories will resolve. Um, so that's just how it always happens. <laughs> Thank us later. Yeah, you're welcome. Challenge. It is episode 170 of You From 202. We're in the new year. Our long national nightmare is over, guys. Can you believe it? We made it. We finally, I mean, it just feels so surreal to say it. We finally have a president who believes in science, by which I mean the expected goal statistic, obviously. I just think, you know, it's great that Joe Biden is really bringing back uh, an understanding of advanced football analytics to this country. And uh, quite frankly, if you don't find some solace in that, uh, I think you should re-examine your own politics. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? I mean, you know, we're we're in an era where, you know, we're going to finally have, you know, people who have, you know, actually put some key passes and key tackles in in positions of power, you know, instead of, um, you know, just, just going off of, you know, goals and appearances. I dare not give my opinion on expected goals lest I be canceled by the cancel culture mob on the internet. Oh, you're taking the uh, the uh, Quillette editorial line on this issue as we enter in the new administration. I see. I see. okay. I, I mean, I, I you know I would sell out similarly if I could, right? I mean, it must it must pay well. As a true believer, yeah. not like those uh, casuals who are giving up on this whole movement. I mean, the hate has the, the the skepticism is already ridiculous. I can't believe that they're trying to say that, you know, this administration shouldn't use the doctor title. Uh, you and I and every member of the Long Island Sports Hall of Fame know that Doctor Joe Mantrick is a doctor of re- sports refereeing of soccer refereeing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, number one ground rule for View from Two Hundred Two in twenty twenty one: respect Doctor Joe M- Manch. Is <laughs> I'm, I'm, that's I'm, it. I'm, I'm combining his name with Manchin, yeah, Dr. Joe Manchin, Dr. Joe Manchin's referee king of West Virginia. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's bring in our, let's bring in our uh, congressional rules expert, Dr. Yeah. Joe Manchin. Dr. Joe Manchin says, oh, I don't know if that's VAR, but also uh, we have to increase fentanyl cells to West Virginia by 8,000%. Um, thank you. Or, oh, that injury looks bad. I would prescribe some fentanyl. Yeah. He's, he's going to get on the appropriations committee to earmark uh, 14 different uh, five-star soccer academies in, in, in Boone County, West Virginia alone. Um, hey, I, you know, I'd support that. I think, I think Congress should bring back pork. And I, you know, there would be fewer Cesar Psyox out there if we could just gainfully employ them uh, mm-hmm. in the, the Morgantown uh, Soccer Academy, the eighth soccer academy to be opened in Morgantown in uh, the 2020s. You know, it's just, it, this is just common material sense. Um, but also, like, you know, I don't want to look past just the top of the ticket, top of the administration. Uh, the first ever second husband. What's his name? Doug. It, Doug sounds good. If not, uh, first He's ever second Doug. husband. It's, to, it's uh, like on Flight of Concords where the prime minister is just Brian. 
Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. First, the first gentleman is just Doug. <laughs> Fucking Doug. Uh, first ever second gentleman. First gentle, second gentleman. Second to, gentleman, uh, I think, yeah. To just to really represent um, grown men who spend all day playing football manager. Um, you know, I, I like to imagine Doug is like Christian Bale on the big short, um, but just with football manager all day. And he doesn't shower because he's just a football manager. So um, to all you other FM heads out there, uh, don't despair. You can achieve the halls of power as well, um, just like our boy Doug. And uh, yeah, um, I have been waiting for my short position on uh, the New York Cosmos to come up big. But I don't know, guys. I'm beginning to think that spending uh, my entire savings you're on Cosmos You better fucking <laughs> hold, Brit. You better hold. I mean, this is when my, my ban from RMLS and RNASL has really cost me. I couldn't, I couldn't collude with other traders online <laughs> to uh, break the football or create the football pyramid in America. Um, in, uh, Wall Street promotion relegation subreddit. There probably is. There probably is. There <laughs> probably is. I, I feel um, like it involves the blockchain somehow, like Navix News. Yeah. Oh, one day, one day, I was in. I was just like was in Chris Hayes's mentions, looking around, and they're just fucking Ted was in there. Ted was posting like old yeah, you, old you moose see that party. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. He just like posts like weird anti monopolies. He's like, I guess he's like a Matt Stoller. Matt Stoller. Nobody tell Matt Stoller about about oh, pro rally. Yeah, it's it's over. <laughs> yeah. Um. So if you had any hope of this podcast becoming more comprehensible to start uh, 2021, um, you know, it's uh, we're just being realistic here with this new decade. Um, but it's a we, new... Do we have any Amy Therese like bits we want to get in before we start <laughs> That's, that's a step soccer. too far for yeah. me. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> if anyone comes up with one, though, by all means, please shoot. Um, the uh, It's a new... Well, I can't really say it's a new season. It's not really a new season properly yet, is it? This is, I guess, our off-season episode that we often do, our second off-season episode. We finally collected enough um, like news items or semi-items to justify doing an episode. In fact, there were enough of them that we have delayed a couple weeks thinking, oh, well, we don't want to record and have something hit. But there's always a new one. There's always another one. And knowing how it goes, uh, usually when we record news breaks while we're editing, granted, sometimes we're editing for a month. So, you know, not hard for that to happen. But uh, it's us. I didn't say I didn't say anyone. Uh, wow. We are I mean, making. Okay, the real reason we're recording now is because Sam begged us to have any kind of human contact with anyone. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean this that this joke doesn't really work anymore, right? It's it's not just Sam who's locked away in his storage locker. We all are. We all are. Yeah. <laughs> Sam was ahead of the times. Yeah, it's true. He's been yeah. preparing for this moment. I've been um, very ready for this last year. Just shaving off of one giant prosciutto ham for a yeah, year. One one it's giant um cold cut of uh of shawarma. Um, the, but yeah, so like us recording this episode will make it so that all of the pending news stories will resolve. Um, so that's just how it always happens. <laughs> Thank us later. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, you're welcome. Aaron Long's agent for, and Kaku's agent. Actually, Scott Pearson paid us, uh, 
in coupons to Ramsey Sports and to make this podcast, so the deal would go through. This, yeah, this whole podcast is just a giant bung now. That's yeah. true. Yeah, Scott Pearson liked one of our tweets once, so I think we're probably accessory to something now. But um, as long as nobody visits Argentina until the statute of limitation runs out, I think we're fine. You have to read the 15-second CTA for legally binding. <laughs> True. Um, but yeah, so so we are currently uh, at the doorstep of the January transfer window for Europe. I mean, for for the U.S., it's different, but we're also in a globally in a weird position because. We're still waiting on the CBA to get formalized. We've got this week-long extension. A season start date has tentatively been set for April, so it's a particularly long off-season anyway. So it's a it's a weird um, interval. It's it's hard to really say the season has started because it really hasn't any sort of way. Preseason doesn't literally not even have a date yet. We don't even know when people are going to training. Yet something is clearly you know. Moving, you know, it's clearly not last season anymore. The rosters are changing, not as much as normal because nobody knows what's going to happen. But in New York Red Bulls world, things have changed significant enough degree where we can talk about it. Um, so I think our strategy for this for today, I think, is to go back forward um, on the field about different changes, and conveniently, I think that leads us off with the most substantial, biggest series of moves to this roster, uh, which is the departure of Tim Parker and the arrival of Andres Reyes and a potential rumored, maybe not, departure again of Aaron Long on loan. But first, Tim Parker. He was our comeback player of the year of sorts, slash player of the year. Um we ate a lot of crow this season about, you know, saying, oh, we think Tim Parker might be washed. You know, like, was he overrated? He comes back after Armas is fired and has a great season. Lo and behold, he has now been sent to the Houston Dynamo for a bucket of general allocation money. What do we think? So we were right. He was washed. <laughs> no. Damn <laughs> it. <laughs> 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 no um i mean i think uh i don't know it, it feels like making room for our center but I, i'm not sure because i still think we need a center back like if we're gonna in addition to reyes yeah play three at the back so um it'd be very alarming if aaron long also moved which we'll, I'm, I'm sure we'll get to but well yeah i, I guess you know, that's not to, did you go ahead yeah I mean, like, I, I think it's for for value uh, sorts, you know, like we're, we might actually be hitting salary cap issues or something like that with Tim Parker. Mm-hmm. We talked about this last season, too, but like he was getting gonna, uh, he was going to get paid a lot of money. Yeah, I, I, I think well, I think I, I was going to say that I think it's it's maybe a little helpful to know that the chronology, even though it only happened in the space of a few hours um, a couple of weeks ago, it's it's that. Reyes was signed separately like the morning of, and there was a little bit of a discourse that day that was like, um, 
you know, do do we think that Reyes is just going to be a depth option because we are going to have Parker and Long possibly on national team duty and just generally you need to have depth um, throughout the season. There's going to be rotation and injuries and, you know, all sorts of different factors. And uh, then, yeah, we see Parker move and we see, um, you know, some kind of eff- effusive praise from uh, from Struber uh, in, in kind of the Reyes statement that they they you know really liked his profile and thought he was you know really important for the way they were going to play and um you know i i think uh i think as much as there's definitely the factor you mentioned peaches that 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 parker was on a big contract and there is some value to be gained from from moving that on and giving yourself some space to work on the rest of the roster if you're not a hundred percent bought in on the way Parker fits in your system like Struber I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case but um uh I think I think they they value Reyes a lot too I think Reyes Reyes was a guy who had some European teams who were in the mix for him when Miami you know wasn't going to be able to keep him anymore and um you know uh you know whether it was you know Struber or Thelwell who kind of you know were were mo- or maybe some other scouts who were most interested, obviously it was, you know, it was a priority that was made by the team even before moving Parker to get Reyes signed up. So, um, you know, um, I think, I think it's a move made both for value and for, you know, helping the team win now. Yeah. It's an interesting angle. That makes me, that reminds me to think of something I hadn't yet, which is, the Reyes transfer, picking up on a guy who was on loan at Miami and was signed previously to Atletico Nacional in, in Colombia, um, would seem to suggest, you know, that like the team is sort of like, or the the sporting department and somewhere between Thelwell and Fernie and Hamlet is like, you know, currently watching the current league and stuff like that. Because if I had to put on like a my skepticism hat or whatever, looking at some of the moves, like you see that Thelwell has clearly has his Rolodex. I mean, he's explicitly said that he has this whole practice of really just buffing out these huge files of potential cases of people to sign and managers to sign. And he's clearly been going to that in the UK. Um, But, you know, Andres Reyes is a guy that would suggest that like that hasn't kept them from also just watching the league itself. Cause like, I don't, you know, no way that in my, book that Kevin Thelwell had on Jesus, you know, already in his Rolodex before he took this job over here, you know? Um, so that, that, that alone could be encouraging side that they're able to focus on both kind of things at once. So that could be good. Um, but I think before moving fully under raise, I think the Parker thing does have some rationale on paper. I mean, I think without getting too deep into like budget capology, I think, yeah, you kind of do get that intuitive sense that we were starting to build up some salaries on the roster. I mean, I think nowadays it really is sort of impossible to like literally do the counts of the budget like some people do for other sports. Once upon a time in MLS, I think people were able to actually build these absurd spreadsheets. I don't even know if that's literally possible anymore. But just kind of adding it up in your head, looking at it, yeah, it looks like maybe we're getting a little tight. And um, if we're basically rebuilding our whole team defense from scratch anyway, after about a year and a half, two years of not really being coached, I think I think it makes some sense to move Parker rather than Long. 
um, and get some cash and kind of restart. Um, and it's it's just kind of ironic that he actually bounced back and and arguably had the biggest and the clearest recovery in form after Armis left among anyone. But you know, I guess it just goes to show it doesn't doesn't really matter. There's there's seemingly a, a future plan in mind that um, is not sentimental or attached to the 2020 results as it were it's a it's a brilliant five head uh manager or like administrative play i think to have told bradley carnell his only job was to increase tim parker's trade value (laughs) and jared stroud's for that matter i guess too which i I should i should shove in a a jared stroud mea culpa i don't anticipate it to really dominate our midfield discussion later so i'll just say, say now that i i have to acknowledge that like my go one of my go-to takes in like the last three months of the season of the 2020 season in air quotes was oh man this jared stroud literally looks great struber is probably gonna love this guy you know i did not learn my lesson from 2020 that nothing matters and everything is fake uh clearly you know uh but just so desperate to try to find some sort of clear observable pattern um, but you know, all considered, like it's not like they like traded him away. You know, he got selected in an expansion draft, and he just wasn't big enough priority to keep around. Um, but I just have to like laugh a little bit at myself here um, that I think Stroud and Parker kind of fit both this pattern of like arguably the two two more uh, discreet results or patterns or pieces of form from last season and it doesn't seem to have mattered for our considerations going into 2021 at all peaches i think your your comment about five at the back three at the back is interesting um i think you know maybe if we're four in the back maybe just reyes and long could get the job done but it it does seem it, it does seem to me that we might need another center back uh if we're planning on doing that, unless we're planning on giving Amro Tarek or maybe Mandela Egbo more minutes there, am I forgetting someone? Am I underrating Sean Nealis maybe? Maybe. I mean, we did keep Sean Nealis this whole time. We yeah, they, I mean, we gave, we gave him I, – I don't, I don't think it was even uh, – I think he might have like gotten a straight-up new contract even beyond – uh having an option renewed Nealis. So that was a weird that was a weird little little wrinkle of Thelwell's tenure so far is that that Nealis was kind of surprisingly valued. But um but yeah it, it does leave us a little bit then there is uh yeah like you mentioned the chance of Egbo being able to play especially if we're we're gonna be relying on three in the back um or you know three five in the back you know however you want to slice it but um uh you know, it will be interesting. You would, yeah, you would hope that they are confident in Reyes. I mean, because Reyes is kind of like a young pro guy who hasn't really, even with Miami, he only played like uh, like thirteen league games last year. Um, hasn't guy who hasn't gone through really the rigors of a hard, long pro season in his whole life yet. Um, and you'll you know hope he'll be able to you know you know just stay healthy, let alone keep his form. And then. Um, uh yeah you have long who's going to be in the national team picture and uh you know maybe even Tarek, um, although he hasn't been involved with egypt for a while but um uh you know just a lot of different yeah different different contingencies that you'd have that you'd think they might want to add another defensive body but um you know uh are there we are there we, any like developmental center backs that we have 
I don't know. You mean like an RB2? Yeah, something like that. Not really. I mean, we cleared out like Jordan Scarlett and Preston Kilwine, I think. Uh, You know, um, maybe I'm like dreadfully forgetting somebody else but i don't i don't think i am as far as uh central defenders so if we um, are maybe somebody can just drag us on twitter about it and we'll at least get some some yeah, engagement exactly. yeah right yeah please, Man, please we've really gone corporate this season <laughs> yeah please please by all means uh you know uh, be a huge know-it-all about um you know you 16 players in our yes. mentions whenever you get the opportunity mm. but um that's right. Uh, and we will steal your information, but uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I you know I can't think of anybody like you said that that is really kind of a young player who we're making space for in yeah. defense. So yeah. So would you um, like? Would you think that we're looking to bring someone else in? I don't know. I mean, I mean, like like you said, I mean, three three five in the back, Egbo could be in there. We did. I mean, maybe this is kind of a segue into uh, Tom Edwards, who's another um, confirmed sign yeah. as a as a right back, um, you know, right wing back, perhaps, um, depending on how you you know decide to be semantic about that. Um, but um, yeah, he guy from Stoke City. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a temporary loan um, only for for the season, but it's kind of a guy who you'd think when he's making this loan, he's 21 years old. He's kind of uh, you know maybe maybe committing to you know uh, trying to trying to trying to find his way outside of England. Um, mm-hmm. He had he had a good stint with Stoke. Um, he made his debut when they were still on the tail end of being in the Premiership, and then. Um, you know, kind of uh, after they got relegated, um, was was a more prominent figure when they were in the championship and actually won their player of the season award um, two years ago and then kind of fell out of favor under uh, some new managers and then, you know, uh, is now, after another one loan at Fleetwood that didn't work out, um, is now here in New York. And he, you would think they've brought him in to kind of, at least be a competitor to be a starter at right back. Um, we're not sure what's going to happen with Kyle Duncan, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, he, there's been some rumors that he could be on the move, but uh, you think uh, Edwards is kind of being uh, the commitment to at least be second in the depth chart there, which previously belonged to Egbo. So you'd think Egbo is either on his way out or they're planning to mm-hmm. use him as, more of kind of flex center back depth. Yeah, why are they owning us so hard over Egbo, who we clearly rate? Yeah, that yeah, I guess as a precursor to later in the show, um, Egbo has made us kind of uh, not not believe our eyeballs on or not believe our eye tests on the team over the yeah. last you know year or so. Well, it's an instance of my least favorite kind of phenomenon, which is when. You don't even get to see whatever judgment is being made in front of you. Like whatever judgment was being made last season seems to have been made in training, right? Because Egbo played, you know, even if you don't think he played as good, like maybe maybe we're being a little rose-tinted glasses and we're seeing what we want to see and we want to see the new guy be good. Even if that's true, you know, he certainly didn't play poorly in the couple minutes that he got either, right? Um 
and Duncan, we, you know, we've talked in previous episodes about it's very, very strange because, you know, he's getting all these plaudits and caps, but seemingly having kind of his weird chaotic game going on. But it's just, yeah, it's so it's so weird that we're not even seemingly seeing what these decision, decisions are being based on. And then keeping in mind the whole Parker Stroud thing, it's like, well, it's hard even to tell what performance in actual matches in 2020 amounted to, you know, because like we've probably had what, like two or three games total from the restart after the restart where like we had something resembling a first team lineup, you know, and even then we had literally one game with our actual manager in the playoffs. So it's just so hard to say. I mean, I think one thing that's, popped off the sheet to me with Edwards is he, he definitely looks like a pure wide player. If you look at his heat maps and his, his some of the footage of him playing, he really does like fully ride the, the touchline, which is a, a big contrast to Kyle Duncan, but with the asterisk that Duncan drifting into the center is the most extreme when he's playing on the left, which as an extremely right footed player is, I, I still don't know why that's been happening so much. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe we see Egbo in the center sort of back when Amro Tarek was signed, his, being able to fill in at center back or at left back in a pinch was sort of touted. And we've seen him a, a couple times in a back mm. three, but, you know, extremely hard to really appraise those situations too much as well. Who knows? I mean... Maybe we, you know, Joey Barton was just teaching him French and Nietzsche at Fleetwood Town, and and Kevin Thelwell is bringing that in to the squad uh, in order to really edify our 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 players in the locker room because um, it's it's hard for me to figure out the right back situation, especially given by the fact that we seemingly only have one senior left back in Jason Bendant, who had a very yeah. uneven, weird season as well, right? And am I miscounting someone? No, he's he's, bring, he's bringing in Edwards because uh, because you know COVID they can't do like a a philosophical retreat to like uh, mm-hmm. you know a museum or something. So they're bringing, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're bringing in uh, you know secondhand uh, Joey Barton's culture into the locker room. Right. They, you know Ed, Edwards is playing you know like late nineties Morrissey like uh, when he was like you know into boxing and stuff like that. He's bringing that kind of philosophy into the locker room. Shit, you know who Edwards kind of looks like? He kind of looks like the guy in the wig and kebab video. Oh, yeah, yeah. Has anyone ever seen the two in in the same room? Uh, I don't know. um, Yeah, I think... Edwards I, from from last name he might be able he might be able to get Wales caps somewhere down the line um, and uh, you know perhaps uh, you know do some do some kind of gardening content with big med maybe that can be you know something that the club comms can set up I'm, I'm looking forward to that and of Edwards uh, for sure absolutely yeah our version of the Watford gap is the the border between uh, you know, West Midlands or Staffordshire and, uh, you know, Gloucestershire and West England. No, all that stuff down below there, bullshit. No, fuck that. Got to mm-hmm. go at least north of Wolverhampton to make it on the New York Red Bulls nowadays. If you're gardening in Oxfordshire, get the fuck out of here. Got to garden at least in Wales or further up north. Yeah, this is a this is a Cheshire, like Denbyshire kind of, mm-hmm. you know, Wrexham, Wrexham-y kind of podcast, but nowhere else. 
Uh, yeah, that's it. Fucking uh, what's his name? Uh, Sims, Josh Sims, Devin. Nope, nope, not good enough. Yeah. Bas- basically, France. Why? Why get someone from France when we can get Tom Edwards, a proper Staffordshire lad, who has a French education from Joey Barton? Just no need. Um. But, so I think the more, yeah, I think the the thing that we're we're focusing on in terms of this acquisition in general is that this is for the right back position, where you know, as we're saying, are, you know, some fans are obviously um, displeased with what they've seen from uh, Jason Pendant, which I I know that you Cork have a particularly um, particular opinion on. I'm um, anti anti Jason Pendant. Ooh, right. of course. Wow. I um. I I don't know. I don't think he's. I don't know. He hasn't shown me much. But like, he, in in terms of actual bodies, he is like the only left back that we have now, right? What's the deal with um, Tolkien? Um, in terms of development, like uh, or like confidence that he he could he could uh, make first team appearances. He didn't really make a big step at RB two. Granted, it was uh you know horrible year to hope yeah. to make your, your your next step um so it's it's hard to tell i mean it, it Tolkien might be something where we have to wait until uh you know preseason camp and even see some like you know actual friendly lineups to uh to know um what his status is but i'm not not like he he definitely seems to have kind of been lost in the shovel but then we said that about uh ben mines so uh yeah, yeah. He, and Tolkien is still young. He's still only eighteen. So, yeah, um, Ben Mines kind of was lost in the shuffle, though. Yeah, but I mean, he also got hurt. But and you yeah. know, I think he's also arguably in a more Ben Mines was in a more expendable position. You know, we have wide attacking players everywhere, even still. Um, but one thing, you know, the more things change, one thing stays the same, which is it feels like it's been since. I've ever started watching the team closely that we seemingly only have one full first team uh, left back, right? I mean, even when Kamar was here, like it, it really, what we didn't really have a full time uh, backup to him. I mean, we had what's his name? Freaking uh, God, what even was that guy's name? The blonde guy uh, who like played Secret? a year. In- <laughs> no, before I mean they're all Seagrest, right? It's, yeah. it's all Seagrest. All the <laughs> yeah, so we had we had proto Seagrest, right? Um, oh god, this is actually going to be crazy. No, I'm, no, I'm talking about like 2015, 16. Uh, uh, Justin uh, Billu, Justin Billu. Oh, oh my god! god. Oh wow! Who is now a like a St. Louis police officer? Oh Jesus! <laughs> yeah, with a uh, tally hall. Yeah, and, exactly. And, uh, Dave, good yeah. Davis. Brad Davis. Um, is Brad Davis also a cop? I think. Didn't he do that? I think he became like a sheriff or some shit uh, like that. That kind of makes sense. Yeah, it scans. Um, yeah, that, <laughs> that era of Houston Dynamo players and not not age well. Um, but like you know, even you know Connor Laid when he was doing Super Utility Man is more of a right back than that. You know, and um, like who who was. Yeah, we we oh yeah, we always gonna say we had we had Tyler Adams playing there sometimes. Like, yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's just a secret rule at uh Red Bull headquarters, uh, like written on a stone tablet somewhere it's, that it's written on the hat that David Jensen wore. 
Yes. Yeah, that's why he had to be benched. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the way that it, like one thing that that sticks out to me is that this this off season has been sort of conventional in one way, in that few things have been totally random or sudden. I mean, the Reyes thing might be the most sudden, but mm-hmm. pretty much everything that's happened has gotten the traditional or conventional like little bits of buzz like a week before and right now and even the stuff that hasn't happened like everything is you know with with kaku which may still happen or like koksabanovich like all of that still usually got like follow-ups later on so everything felt kind of substantiated we've got nothing else going on the back line as far as i can tell which is interesting i mean i still have three two three months we'll see but i mean One thing that is nice about Reyes as well is that coming from a large Conma Bowl country, if he gets minutes for Colombia, that means he's been playing out of his fucking mind, right? Like, otherwise, he's not going to be getting called up to friendlies. So that would be a good problem to have. Other than that, we shouldn't be losing him for um, any international matches, I would expect. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. What is up with him nowadays? Is he is he still technically on contract at Chelsea? He's, he's at yeah, Anderlecht he's on with, with Reading, uh, right? No, he's at Anderlecht with Jamara uh, oh, yeah, and Amir. Right. Yeah, he's coming right. on. I mean, didn't he, he's coming on the end of a five year contract yeah. though? Wouldn't he? I mean, he's probably. Oh, yeah, a, I, mean, I, I think he might be. On, I think he's might be permanent with Anderlecht actually. Oh, no, he's still alone. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, Peaches. Yeah, I was gonna say Peaches yeah. right now, but yeah. Um, I mean, Chelsea just keep guys on loan for literally like ten years. Yeah, but I mean, come on. If he doesn't, if he if he signs an extension with Chelsea, like, come on, man, right, yeah. right. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, looking at their center back situation, you know. maybe, maybe. But um, anyway, should we should we move up the field to um, midfield? Or there, is there any defensive notes that we're forgetting to hit? Uh, I mean, do you want to hit goalkeeper real quick, or do you want to maybe oh, segue? Yeah. yeah, let's yeah, let's knock that out. Well, yeah, because um, uh, I that's this this is kind of uh, re, you know kind of fresher than some of the other stuff we might talk about right now. But um, that Salzburg, uh, well, actually, it was it, it was an Austrian uh, report uh, news report that um, it was kind of an aside in this report that was about the broader Salzburg goalkeeper situation, mm-hmm. but that, uh, their backup, uh, Carlos Miguel Coronel, um, is going to be coming on loan here. Uh, he is a Brazilian who actually played with the, the Red Bull Brazil Academy, um, in, you know, uh, in, uh, Brazil, uh, of course. And, uh, <laughs> Um, but before <laughs> signing with uh, Salzburg um, and has been there since he was a teenager and actually played under Struber at Leifering, um, of course, the Salzburg reserve team, and uh, presumably has been kind of fully vetted as much as he could be um, by by Struber and, and the powers that be. And it sounds like they are going to be bringing him in, It yeah, which would mean both that uh, – 
you know, he would he would be a likely starting contender. This is a guy um, who who was you know recently playing in Champions League games as recently as last year. So um, you would think he would be coming over here to be a starting competitor. And um, also the other tidbit is that he played with um, Philadelphia Union a couple of years ago on a short loan, and uh, but yeah, you know, wasn't wasn't kept permanently. Um, but he's still only twenty four years old. Um, you know, like I said, a guy who you would, you would think is as about as vetted as you can be for, for a goalkeeper at this kind of, um, you know, young age and kind of low club level. Um, so, uh, you know, if, if that's a guy who they're confident in bringing in, um, I think that's a sign that there is a kind of plan being put in place and they're getting the precise kind of players that they want to get. Um, I think that's a good sign. I think it's also a sign that uh, David Jensen is maybe not long for the team uh, and that he might be you know, staying in Europe the same way that uh, Matthias Jorgensen um, got alone um, being kind of on the outs here. Um, so, um, but yeah, that, that's kind of, that would be, you know, kind of a clear, you know, statement, um, and, uh, obviously important, uh, position on the field. Yeah. So when, when he went to Philly, was that with, um, I mean, what's, what's, oh, Ernst Tanner. Is that like, Tanner, uh, yeah. Tanner? okay. It wasn't before Tanner Wadley. No, okay. no, it was definitely, yeah. Like, uh, a, a Tanner kind of kind of move with mm-hmm. his, his connections and his um kind of familiarity with him um and uh yeah it just didn't end up working out it was it was always going to be hard for him to unseat blake um yeah who who you know andre blake andre blake right um who's their who's their main starter and you know you you would think maybe that the fact that they even brought cornell in would be you know an idea that they you know, kind of wanted to move, wanted an excuse to move on from Blake, maybe, but didn't end up working out for him there. Yeah, um, it was it was only a short term loan to begin with. Um, he made four appearances, I believe. Um, so, uh, so yeah. Um, but it's it's kind of like uh, you know, same same with Reyes. You know, sort of interesting. Um, you know that that it's a guy from MLS who who they've you know you know that they. That you know, as much as Thelwell and and Struber and Fernie are kind of working their European connections and bringing in a lot of you know you know that being the main pipeline they're bringing in talent from, it it's showing that they are kind of like valuing guys who have some experience and have an MLS and have some familiarity with the league. So you know that's that's maybe maybe something to still keep an eye on as we you know see see some targets appear in the coming months. Yeah, that's um, I mean. I guess that's a like it's the best of both both worlds in a sense kind of it feels like you know we're getting guys who um I feel like are more maybe European interest based but also have MLS experience. Yeah, maybe. I will say I I think it's still weird. I mean, I, uh in a couple ways. One, I have to say his his Wikipedia page has a really chaotic combination of languages available because it's available <laughs> in Arabic. Obviously, I just pulled it up: Arabic, uh, German, Italian, Egyptian Arabic, Japanese, Ooh. and Tajik. Somewhat and and his, let's let's see how okay. It's exactly one sentence. So his Wikipedia page is just one sentence, but it's in Tajik as well. So whoever the the teenager he's got, who. He's got, He's got a different picture in the Tajik one. Oh, nice. 
yeah. the, the teenager who fabricated uh, all of Scott's Wikipedia by just typing like he's Lemmy uh, really uh, is slacking here. He hasn't done one. Maybe I can do that one for him. Um, but it's weird because, like, I mean, I, I also have to own up, I guess, to the previous take I had on the goalkeepers under Armis, which is I, I thought it, it was w- weird to – and, and bad management to sort of not have a clear hierarchy of who would um, succeed Robles, right? And I thought that bringing in Jensen and kind of seemingly giving the position to Mara was sort of like not a great sign of what that they had a clear idea of what they wanted to do. Now bringing in this guy who's got connections, and you know, I, I agree that it seems like you know it seems like more of an intentional plan maybe than that, but then. Um, I mean, if he starts playing immediately and is the starter, I think that that will clear up some confusion. If it continues to be sort of carousel of these guys, that will be, you know, just a different way than we've been doing it mm-hmm. in recent history. And then um, with the Jensen thing, it's like just another mystery for like that spate of 2020 signings. Um, like you've got Jensen, you've got Egbo, Pendant, and um, well, I guess Pendant is announced a couple of days after that was. Ten Ten Nine is definitely post that well, but okay. um, but yeah, the Egbo and Jensen um, are definitely kind of in that weird no man's land where uh, they've. Well, I mean, Egbo and Jensen themselves were were definitely like just a week before Thelwell was officially named, and it's kind of vague right. whether they were um, how how much Thelwell was involved in those signings. Yeah, was involved at all. I mean, you you would think that that Thelwell. Um, yeah, would have been in talks for several weeks, if not months, before coming over, and you know would have had you know some awareness of what moves were being planned. But you know who knows, um, right? But- or like even if it wasn't Thelwell's and he wasn't, you know, he didn't have his password, so to speak, to you know like log in to you know see what was going on. Um, like it, you would still think that Red Bull, whoever can trolls hiring and firing the manager at Red Bull New York clearly it had like sort of some sort of idea of bringing in Thelwell as like the plan to rebuild the club and it would be weird if they approved this series of signings two or three signings precisely at the same moment that they were hiring the guy who they understood to be kind of being the new Roxburgh. Mm. It, it it's weird and but I don't know. I mean cuz also like you know Jensen and Egbo and Pendant all seem to be not necessarily in the same kind of wheelhouse as as what Thelwell and Armis had been looking at before. Maybe they I don't know if it, in the final it could, it could be that Jensen and Egbo and these guys are like, you know, oddly cheap compared not yeah. cheap is maybe disrespectful, but I mean just kind of like not 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 like huge transfer outlays and maybe not something that, you know, just maybe easy. If, if, if it was, yeah, if, if it was just Dennis Hamlet not having to, you know, call, you know, whoever, you know, has the person in Salzburg about, uh, you know, paying for them, it could have been something that he would have gotten in, you know, maybe easier than we would have thought. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, just definitely odd. It could it could also be too though that that Jensen has had a hard time adjusting. It's obviously been a horrible year to move overseas, yeah, uh, and especially with young kids and you know just get settled and all that. 
Um, so he he might just want to, you know, cut his losses with with you know trying to move here and you know just maybe settle for whatever offers he has in Europe and um, you know get get kind of reset there. Um, and um, you know I think um, you know like like you like you said um, you know if if he's not the immediate starter and we're on this kind of carousel still it'll be a concern for sure. But um, I think that. If you have Coronel definitely coming in as, you know, the, you know, designated starter who, um, you know, the club is intentionally bought because he fits whatever, you know, system Struber wants to put into place. Um, I think you actually, we finally have a hierarchy, a goalkeeper that makes sense for the first time in a few years. You have, you know, kind of clear, you know, kind of athletic pedigreed number one. Uh, and then you have Mira as the kind of local, you know, veteran backup guy. And then you have, you know, remember we have Luca Lewis um, who came over yeah. Um, yeah. from uh, Serie A from Torino um, last year, who's kind of a local guy, but somebody who apparently the club values, they, you know, he had a little, you know, short stint where he came in at RB2 and, you know, did well enough to get moved to the first team immediately. So you imagine he's somebody the club wants to, you know, have built up and the club just hired a new, um, for the first time in several years, hired a new goalkeeping coach. Oh yeah. Um, Eminen, um, who has pretty, pretty, pretty wide, diverse pedigree, um, who also seems kind of like an intentional hire for his own kind of talents. And that also fits the pattern noted by Peaches that both a Red Bull guy and a MLS guy, because he was working for San Jose for a couple of years. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Another guy who they've brought in for, you know, having some experience in the league and knowing what the league demands and all that. So um, I think, you know, if, if this is all if obviously, because, you know, um, still somewhat thin, thin, but substantiated rumors. Um, so, you know, this still couldn't happen, but it sounds like it maybe is going to, and it sounds like it might be, you know, uh, a move to be, you know, kind of, you know, uh, you know, assured about. Yeah, Luca Lewis was my favorite character. I wish they did more with him. Is all I'll say about that. Yeah, but, exactly. uh, the maybe this is probably just my more purist or traditionalist coming out. That like, I mean, Lord knows we had our our gripes and our criticisms about um, Luis Robles towards the end, or just sort of like the I don't know off the field symbol or whatever. But like, I, I think I did I did really like having like you know our number one like uh, being a tentpole of the whole team and sort of club. Um, even if I kind of preferred PWP is like, you know, our all time legend. But, um, I think part of me would like, and I accept this might be backwards. This might be behind the times or whatever, but it, you know, would like just having a number one again set to be number one for a couple of years. And maybe we can talk more about this with, when we get to the forwards and potential loan things there. But this also reminded me that, um, you know, Mara's obviously, you know, he's been here because he's been with the club since forever. He hasn't been recruited to play the Red Bull way per se. You know, he's not like going to come out there playing like Ederson tomorrow. Um, and Jensen didn't seem to have an obvious sort of skill set that he was recruited for in that kind of way too. So in addition to potentially uh, being the first... <laughs> But then, he, I don't know, I feel like we saw photos of him and he was like, oh, wait, I forgot that all soccer players are still skinnier than anyone I've ever, ever oh, seen in my real life. Jacked. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 thought, I thought Jensen was kind of cute. 
Yeah. 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 Well, the hat. I mean, it's, he knew. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, um, but yeah, I mean, it, maybe if this Cornell guy plays kind of um, fitting to the Red Bull Schuber way or whatever, that would also make sense too. Because we, we, we got kind of lucky actually that Robles was able to sort of change his game enough mm-hmm. for a little bit towards the end. So, you know, maybe the more I think about it, the more it makes sense in some ways, but still a weird transitional period. But midfield? Midfield. Well, should should we talk talk about those those middies? I think we I think two things. Which one should we do first? Caden Clark or Kaku Saga two slash Toxibanovich slash insert other attacking midfielder here. Can we get Caden Clark out of the way because I don't. Yeah, really it's probably shorter. Yeah. So, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, he's he's still around. He's doing his thing. He's, uh, he, uh, there's been, there's been rumors coming out, uh, that, that kind of the thread that we had known a little bit about, uh, kind of through rumors here and there last year that, um, he, he's been on, he was, he's been on the radar of, of Leipzig for as long as he's been on the radar of New York, apparently, Mm -hmm. um, at least, at least the New York first team. Um, because he was he was brought in last year as uh, kind of you know training camp um, reserve possibility because he was still only 17 years old and uh, you know he he did well in USL and then um, you know got you know good enough to start getting some attention from the first team and like I said at that same time it sounds like he was put on a pathway to eventually go to um, Leipzig, which is the rumor that was kind of more substantiated in the last couple of weeks. Um, so yeah, um, Caden Clark. The, the, those rumors being that he would uh, he would you know be with uh, New York for the remainder of 2021, and then move to you know Leipzig and you know do his whole thing there. Um, you know, yeah, we've we've on on this podcast have been sort of frank about not feeling too attached or possessive about um you know little little Caden but uh yeah yeah well like you like I think you tweeted Cork uh it will be fitting if Caden Clark never plays a game in front of actual fans at Red Bull Arena you yeah, know like exactly. <laughs> it would be coincidence but it would be fitting um, which makes me think this is really all just like a larger version of whatever weird Barcelona sleepaway camp he's been at for the last decade of his life, you know, just incubating in some tube um, with Ben Letterman's name scratched out on it and his written on it. Um, so, you know, I, I, I hope he scores some, continues to score bangers for us while he's here. But yeah, I'm not, I guess I'm not surprised. And I guess I buy it, you know, the the line or the attitude that like if he was going to go for Leipzig yeah I, I, I sort of appreciate them or like the the story being semi confirmed or leaked ahead of time instead of it like dangling over us for the whole season because you know yeah. I, I, with with Tyler as well he was like actually a local guy and kind of like you know bit already kind of getting into USMNT discussions and I think and we were really fucking good. Um, and I think all of that made it so like they did a pretty decent job at keeping it secret. None of those factors are here right now, you know, so mm-hmm. 
fine with me. Yeah, I think like with most things, um, my like appreciation for like Caden Clark Olasso's go down each time uh, a U.S. men's national team nerd tweets about it. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, actually, no. I I draw the line like when the game when the games are happening. I love it. Like the 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 goal when who was it even against? I don't know. None of our games were Atlanta, last year. Toronto, Atlanta. Yeah, like when when he Toronto scored against Atlanta. Atlanta, and like and Royer just like put his hands over his head. Yeah. Like that that was that, that was amazing. That was hilarious. Because yeah, we were all Danny Royer in that moment. Just like. I can't no, believe this, this has happened kid, to me. <laughs> no, I mean I I agree with that. It's just I, I think yeah. that but yeah, the no, there's definitely different between that like, and like all the frenzy around his transfer. Like yeah, it's true. Yeah. Danny Roy just being like, no, you can't let them know that you can just do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Scoring goals is to look hard. Um, no, yeah. I mean, we'll see. I mean, do you think? Do you think as of February 2021, do you think we will ever see? Caden Clark in person playing for the New York Red Bulls. It's hmm. a good I, question. I would I don't know. I, I I think it's it's hard to say. I don't I think I think my gut is that they're gonna start trying to, you know, hustle people into like I guess this is branching off into like non-soccer territory, but like uh, hustling people into like bars and restaurants and just events and stuff um, sooner than I think we might anticipate. And, uh, you know, I don't know the arena, the arena might be part of that. And Caden, I think Caden's going to be around for, for all of 2021. So maybe they'll, they'll prove my, my tweet wrong. I did read a, a somewhat optimistic article about the vaccination stuff today that even accounting for all the actually bad fuck-ups that have happened that barring disaster maybe if maybe if we start getting mass vaccinations by summer maybe maybe we we'll, we will be at RBA in September or October mm-hmm. and with a later with a later April start tentatively set if we don't have a lockout or strike we could still be playing like regular season games in October November not even necessarily playoffs so we could even suck and still see him. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Kaku Saga 2. Kaku right now. Yeah, Kaku Saga 3, I think. Is actually. in... Uh, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Kaku Saga like 4 or 5 if you count the non-transfer stuff. Like, True. Yeah. But, Kaku uh, Saga... They, they, they're all wonderful. I mean, let's not... True. Let's not act like they've been any sort of burden on us. It brought us a new follower on Twitter, Scott Pearson. And anything that brings us a new follower on Twitter can't be bad. That's just That's right. how it works. Um, so he is, as of the way, after a series of extremely dubious legal claims uh, involving, including the, the idea, the unsubstantiated idea that uh, his option is not real because the team may have told his agents, but not him personally, which... I don't know. Seems fake to me. Uh, it now seems that Kaku is in Dubai, maybe preparing yeah. to finalize a transfer to El Tawun. Tawun. I, I don't know. Uh, Tawun. Uh, I think it's two A's. Oh, Tawun. Okay. 
a lower table Saudi Arabian team, um, not like Al Nasser, like the one of the ones that I'm used to seeing transfer rumors for, um, for a rumored fee of $3.5 million, which would see the player go after what was it? Two seasons, three seasons in New York, kind of, mm-hmm. um, in the final year of his contract, um, and kind of end the sort of Kaku era for however long it lasted, in your opinion. Um, this seems this seems like it might actually happen. Is that true? Uh, it it's it's it seems close. I mean the the fact that I mean first we had the Altawun rumor where it was just first that I guess to backtrack that uh, um, Kaku has been trying and his agents have been trying to get a a free transfer ever since the roster announcements were made in December and that his his contract or his option was renewed. Uh, yeah, that's why they were trying to claim that the the option renewal was invalid. Yeah, right, right. That uh, yeah, that they they needed to give him some sort of formal notification that didn't happen and that they were going to try and turn it into a kind of the situation that happened with Kyle Laren uh, a couple years ago where he just kind of showed up at Besiktas and, you know, held up the jersey and all that. And there wasn't really a whole lot that MLS could do about it, uh, you know, despite, you know, him theoretically having this option renewal. So um, looked what like they were going to... Do you remember? What's that? Do you remember what actually happened to... It ended up being like... that, uh, that... I think that MLS shook a little bit of a transfer fee, like a nominal one out of Besiktas eventually. <laughs> But okay. um, yeah, not, like nothing. Nothing. Yeah, nothing that like um, it would have been if it was actually like a market transfer. But uh, um, looks like now that, or it looks like that Kaku and his representatives, um, you know, were able to get. Like there, there was first the rumor about El Tawun that it was just going to be another version of them trying to get him out for free, and now this latest report that's come out, you know, kind of adjacent to him showing up in Dubai posting pics online, is that uh, there would be a fee involved, um, you know, which sounds like uh, you know is it makes makes it makes it sound like a more um, substantial rumor than than the other ones so far. Um, he's had a, he had one bid apparently from uh, Tijuana from from the Jolos uh, turned down. So um, you know uh, it, it overall you know I I'll, I'll, I say that overall it seems like Kaku is pretty definitively on his way out through some pathway or another. But there also seems to be, especially the longer this goes on and the more kind of you know false starts there seem to be. Um, the more it seems like, uh, but false starts both with Kaku trying to get moves happening on his end and false starts that we're probably going to talk about in a moment um, with, with Red Bulls trying to bring a potential re- uh, replacement for Kaku. Um, there is a, the longer this kind of, you know, continuing cycle goes on, the more it seems like there might be a chance that Kaku um stays uh and you know i you know maybe we get in you know i don't know if we want to get into a whole you know tactical discussion about it but i don't think that would be the worst thing given i think kaku could be very strong in uh you know the tactical system that struber is you know maybe prepping to run so yeah 
you know, um, still a lot up in the air with Kaku. Yeah. It's a funny situation because the the precedents for it are more extreme than what we're seeing now. Because like this time last year, I was actually I was admittedly happy that we hadn't sold him to Club America, but like the rumored offer from Club America was bigger than this, and it would have been. I th- you know more more prestigious transfer for both player and club I think um, even more prestigious than Cholos as well and um, you even back then though like like we've seen Kaku you know kind of show some glimpses or, or uh, of dissatisfaction because like he was t- tweeting or, or Instagramming things you know that would fall short of like talking shit about the club but like. I remember he was making posts that were sort of defending his agents, right? Saying that like, oh, like you don't know the full story mm-hmm. and like sort of backing up some of their more sloppy shit stirring in the press that seemed to show that there might have actually, there was some real frustration, but yeah, he still came back to work. And even though the season was shitty, you know, Kaku did put in a good shift on, or a, a full shift on the field, you know, like he, I don't think he loafed around. It doesn't appear possible for him to really not play at full strength when he's playing soccer. He's just that kind of player. Um, so, like, you know, I think that this, based on that, this does not seem insurmountable compared to that, especially now that we have a manager who might have a more forward idea of what to actually do with him. Yeah, there's only a season left on his contract. He could walk for free. But I guess we're also in a situation where maybe that's a sunk cost, you know? Like, we already turned away money for him. You know, as I think I tweeted from the podcast account a while ago, like I think like the plan probably always was to try to sell him or or have him go around now ish, but ideally for a better transfer after he'd kicked ass here for a couple of years. As we all know, that did not happen for a variety of reasons. Um, So, like, you know, maybe if Red Bull's in a position to just take a loss, so to speak, maybe that's not crazy considering they were apparently in a position to spend $6 million on him in the first place, which is, I don't think something anybody was really expecting before that happened. You know, Red Bull had spent a lot of money on um, DPs before, but not a young guy like Kaku. You know, the only pre- closest president was Verone, which was much different. Yeah. And like, what, whether, what, what, anyway. whether it's, whether it has to do with, like you said, that, that, you know, the, the plan didn't happen and he didn't blow up the way they might've expected him to. I think, I think the longer it goes on, it becomes you know more clear that, you know, that 6 million wasn't 6 million that was put down to turn into, you know, 10 or 15 million. It was 6 yeah. million that was just put down because like, Hey, we like this player and, you know, we want to sign him. I don't think there was any broader like Red Bull corporate plan. I think it was like Jesse and Dennis Hamlet saying like, Hey, we like this player. We want to sign him, pay for him. And they did. And I don't think anybody in Austria has really thought about it ever since. And I don't yeah. mind, um, you know, if they got him off the books, if it was for, you know, it was at a loss. So. They were busy flipping, um, you know, guys to Liverpool for hundreds of, I mean, yeah, hundreds of millions of pounds, you know, so cumulatively. I, I was speaking of like Jesse, I wonder, um, I think we've, this has been a topic of conversation um, recently for us. Um, but, you know, just about how Jesse would sell, sell an idea and then kind of move on and how much that might have affected Kaku's um, displacement here in general. Yeah. I mean, I think like 
looking back at like the the end of Kaku Watch One, right? When we released when the club released that video of like him walking the facilities, like I think he was relieved the move finally happened, but like he had clearly been primed and like expected to you know, view the club as a big thing. Like he had these rose tinted glasses on, and I think um obviously I, you know, I think Jesse was part of that and he didn't bring him along with him anywhere. And I think arguably you could see something maybe like that with Amir too, where I think there's been a couple of stories or things included in the Red Bulls roundup or stuff dug up by Ross on once a Metro, you know, pointing towards Amir, um, feeling that like he had sort of been promised or intimated or implied that maybe he could go with Jesse, you know, through, through the Red Bull world later on. And that obviously didn't happen either. You know, it's, it's interesting that, that Jesse didn't really bring anyone. I mean, I guess he brought his video analyst, right. Um, but he didn't really bring anyone with him. Um, and these seem yeah. like two players from that squad who kind of like maybe got the idea. Yeah. Yeah. It could seem like the thing where, like, you know, maybe maybe Jesse just gave them that idea, and then when you play back the tape in your mind, you're like, well, I guess he never really said that, did he? You know? Um, Lying by omission, kind of. Yeah. Or with Kaku, could even just be more the idea. Like, you know, I, I, I think it's le- less likely that he told Kaku, like, oh, I will take you to Salzburg or Leipzig, but more just, you know, got him bought in on this whole idea that I've built this squad around you. And then that no longer mattered. So, yeah, I don't know. But, um, I mean, should we talk about, like, the, the the biggest smoke that there has been so far in replacing him with this Haksibanovic guy, the Swedish Montenegrin midfielder at Norrköping seems to be the hottest or most substantiated rumor to potentially replace or complement, who knows, Kaku, but that seems to have hit uh, the ice or it seems to have cooled down recently. Do we know what the latest is on that? And even if it has cooled down, is there anything we can glean from what kind of player Haksibanovic is and what it might mean for how we are looking at our attacking play or potentially replacing Kaku? Uh, I, I think uh, I think there is it's it's hard to speculate now because uh, you know we've I don't know how much we might have mentioned in the interval but uh, that Haksibanovich uh, um, deal has been sort of had some water thrown on it um, in the last week or so um, and then you know like I like I touched on it a little bit ago that that might tie into the fact that. Um, there, there's still maybe a light at the end of the tunnel with bringing Kaku back. So, um, it, it's hard to say, um, it, it's again, um, Kaksabanovich, the fees being mentioned about four or $5 million are not quite as much as we spent on Kaku, but we're also buying him from maybe a slightly more, um, you know, or a slightly less kind of touted market in sweden um although then then kaku was in argentina although um you know is is in some ways kind of the one you know the biggest signing in in swedish football history um so this isn't a guy you should just you you should just think of as like um yeah i'll get in a dig at tenor home sure 
that he, you know, he's just like, you know, some guy who um, happens to be one of the better players on one of the good teams in the Swedish league. He's a guy who, you know, they, that teams had to kind of move some mountains for and, 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 you know, make, uh, you know, kind of, kind of make happen to, to come to Sweden and uh, they, they won't let him go without a fight either, but he's also um, a guy who, you know, has a higher pedigree than you would expect. He's, he's a, you know, come into being a starter with the Montenegro national team. And, um, you know, even though that's, a, that's a smaller country, it's, you know, an area with a reputation for pre- creating very good, very good creative um, football players. Um, so, um, you know, kind of a guy who would would have some big expectations expectations if he came in. And does he um does he fit a similar kind of profile maybe as Kaku, where he would seem to be able to like press and and kind of perform that role further up the pitch, or would it be sort of a departure from that? You know, the, I'm not too sure on that. Although I would I would have to imagine they wouldn't be scouting and going that far on a transfer with him if he wasn't that kind of player. Mm-hmm. Um, he definitely just from eyeballing um, is a pretty pretty stocky, robust guy, um, you know, who you would imagine could, you know, go into, uh, you know, um, you know, go into challenges and be, be willing to, uh, you know, do the, you know, kind of, uh, mm-hmm. great work that you would expect. So, um, yeah. Um, but again, it, it, it kind of seems like, um, that rumors died down. I know Christian Dyer put out sort of his, um, kind of you know saying from his own end the sources he has are saying that this is kind of dead um and then there hasn't really been any kind of you know smoke out of sweden ever since which which there had been with the chairman of Norrköping kind of he straight up called haxabanovich a loser and um you know a lot of fun <laughs> stuff like that um and that even that has sort of quieted down so um you know that's um that's kind of where where it seems to be on that front. Um, you know, it would be you know leaving leaving the sort of particular kind of player profile elements that you were just touching on, Brit, or you're trying to touch on out of it. Um, it would be kind of a like for like as far as profile and wage and fee, um, mm-hmm. as far as you know, Kaku going out and Haksabanovic coming in, and you know, um, whatever whatever kind of differences between the two technically there might be would kind of be a parallel with whatever difference we're going to see between the you know energy drink soccer of of that we we saw with jesse marsh and the energy drink soccer that we might see with uh gerhard struber yeah is um so the stumbling block is just the fee or is 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 it that the player is less convinced he wants to leave uh the dire report said that um that the red bulls balked at the fee that um that norco ping was looking for something maybe more in the six million dollar range and that Red Bull was offering something for four. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's you know, we, we like to cop the attitude that, oh, it's not my money. It's, you know, spend whatever much or little that it is. But, you know, mm-hmm. you, know you got to kind of respect, you know, what, what you know, not wanting to be, um, you know, not wanting to overpay for, for a player who you're not as committed to, you know, you know, as you you know, maybe, maybe would be if you were willing to pay 6 million or, you know, the extra 2 million, whatever it is. So, um, you know, uh, there, 
you know, we, I guess it's also a good opportunity to mention that, you know, this is only a transfer that we know about and that got into the press, maybe because of a kind of big mouth chairman or whatever. Um, there could be deals like this that come close to happening all the time that we never hear about where yeah. you know, Red Bull is or isn't willing to meet a certain transfer value. So, um, yeah. you know, I, you know, we're, we're kind of trusting in Lord Felwell and, 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 you know, having faith in whatever um, methods he's using to decide which moves to make and not make. So, um, you know, not with, without, without, you know, turning into, you know, slavish devotion to the cult. Um, you know, I think, we can we can trust whatever he's kind of doing here it might play into the like idea that I mean, we had talked about the other, the other two players in kaku and clark and if like if we don't think there's like any like urgency in having those players out the door and cork maybe to your kind of point that that Caden clark might be here for the entirety of you know this this coming season um you know that that i think lines up with like red bull not wanting to spend an extra million dollars on the transfer um, if if they don't see like a, a critical hole like in, in in either of those like attacking forward roles, yeah, I mean, I, I that is the part of the Clark discussion as well. Is that like in addition to him, or part of him not feeling as real to me in the first place, or just ours is uh, I, I do forget how seriously they take him as an option, just because all yeah. those games in late summer just felt so weird. That could be a factor, but I, I it, you know, it, I'm don't want to take it too seriously because Cork, I think you're right that it's possible that there's just moves like this all the time that we don't hear about. But if they really did balk at the price like that, you, you that would seem to be linked in in some sense to something about Kaku, right? Like I don't know if it mm. seemed for sure that Kaku was leaving, and it seemed, and it seems likely slash semi confirmed leaked that Clark is here for one year more. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe Clark is giving them another year, but he's still only 18 or whatever, but it it would seem that maybe that would get them over the line for an extra million dollars. Right. Um, it, it it suggests that maybe they're just a little confident. Maybe they're just confident in general. And maybe that's just, that's good. That they have somebody else in, 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 yeah, in or maybe way, they don't ways. need someone else. I don't know. Well, yeah, there could be that. I think it's also maybe worth uh, hearkening back to uh, Ivan Tony from last summer, mm-hmm. where uh, that was that was the latest guy. I, that was the latest guy where 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 New York didn't you know want to pay an extra you know maybe one or two million to get a guy who ended up going for you know about that amount later on. But I think that that might have that might've been more kind of like, you know, uh, Peterborough in there and not really knowing what they were. Was wanted. that a Barry Fry special? Right. Exactly. A Barry Fry special of not, you know, kind of blustering and, and not, you know, not having his bluster come to fruition and having to kind of save face with the move that he did end up making. Yeah. But, um, you know, that, uh, yeah, at a certain point, you know, without, without getting into, you know, the, the, the discourse that we kind of try to avoid sometimes um, that, that, you know, Red Bull doesn't spend enough and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, at a certain point, if there's a player you like and you want to get him, um, you know, and you want to win now, um, you got to kind of 
fork over whatever they're asking. Right. You I mean, think, you would hope for that to happen at you know at some point eventually, especially if um, Kaku is going to be allowed to live. Yeah, I mean, this is what we were just theorizing about Kaku, right? Like the, about that whole six million dollar fee in the first place, and maybe it wasn't an investment right. that we we're they were banking on turning, which seems true one way or the other. Now, I mean, I, I, I don't know, I, and. Uh, this also just reminds me one tidbit that was in the the roundup this week, which is some some UK outlets quoted someone saying that we were, were interested in Edwards for three transfer windows, um, which would I think put us back to last January, right? Mm-hmm. Which would be like right you know before Thelo was hired, mm-hmm. um, and maybe if Fernie's on board, I don't know. It's 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 so many conflicting signals in all their ways. But before I forget, I also have to mention the one thing I liked about the Edwards transfer as well is that the Staffordshire or whatever paper described it as a belting move to New York Red Bulls, which yeah. every every move to to this club should be described as such from here on out. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 doing he's saying all the right things about, you know, excited, big club, like all that stuff. Um, and then, you know, yeah, that, that definitely, you know, to put it sincerely, like does seem to be kind of a common thing with players signing for us now. And mm-hmm. I, I love it, man. Like yeah. Yeah, keep, it, keep it coming without spending, we don't have to spend too much time on it, but there's, there was also this cruises will rumor, right. With a mm-hmm. pole and it, pole. does that, yeah. Has that pole, uh, unrelated to pot, but Jesus fuck, this is terrible. This is just the worst. This is the I, worst. I've, I've made that work. I've made that joke in, in secret several times. It so just doesn't. It just. I, I appreciate that you went went out and. It's just the it, kind of thing where once you happened. once you say it, you're like, "What the fuck does that mean?" What is, like what what is just the most? That's like that's the that's the mutant mutiny line from the oral history of MLS. It's literally the same thing. Just like well, those yeah. are just two related words. Absolutely. <laughs> there's no there's no insider anything clever being done it's just yeah it's still preseason over here it's kind of like yeah we're we're still working it out but you know hey uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna you know get get our rustiness off and we're gonna you know at least you know kind of soldier through the rest of this shitty friendly match by calling Mm -hmm. it Pol Pot Fernandez. Yep. Um, Not everything he, can be Dr. Joe Manchin. You got to work your way up. Exactly. Um, pull, pull. <laughs> yeah. See, like, you know, you can always have some flashes, but uh, <laughs> um, Pol Pot Fernandez uh, playing for, for Cruz Azul. Um, this is kind of like a, it's a rumor that sort of uh, builds on some quiet stuff that had been happening for about a year now, where apparently, um, first, there was a report coming out. Well, he's an Argentinian uh, kind of uh, ball player. Nope, next, move on. Okay, yeah, right. <laughs> you remember um, the next bus? That's it. That's We don't have to talk about that. But yeah, wait, sorry, what were you saying? Just, uh, just that uh, um, uh, he's a uh, Blanketinian who uh, has been playing for uh, um, Cruz Azul. But um, there is a report a couple of weeks ago that, you know, kind of kind of like this Coronel rumor where it just it was talking about a completely different topic. And then offhand, it just said, oh, yeah, Paul's going to the Red Bulls um, or <laughs> like Red Bulls are trying to sign him. Um, and then, you know, um, kind of piecing some things together, you find that um, there have actually been some rumors around um, Pol Pot um, coming <laughs> to MLS 
for the last few windows um, last year that um, while he was doing some contract negotiations, Cruz Azul <laughs> saying that there were a couple, um, you know, MLS teams that were in the mix and that there was one team that put in an official bid and just some of the, some of the circumstantial details seem to line up with the eventual report that, you know, um, a couple of weeks ago that New York, that Red Bulls were trying to be, um, were trying to, trying to get with Paul Bot. So um uh, I'm, sorry, I'm just I'm just lo- I'm I'm just losing my <laughs> just imagining Pol Pot just fucking freaking out at, at burned Eibler and just like freaking out at the analytics team and just like VAR and it's it's just oh, yeah. it's, Pol, yeah. Pol Pot would be in favor of like, you know, nineteen sixties <laughs> division four just like, four four fucking Prince, two Grimsby <laughs> Town fucking the the medic and the kit man are the only additional <laughs> staff members. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> and the medic is really just the barber, the team barber. Yeah, it's I, like, you know, exactly. it's like a Sweeney Todd type thing, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> this pulp just, pulp, just, pulp just, just running into the bar room and just destroyed all the computers. <laughs> <laughs> Was Paul? Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe he was like Castro or something, where he was you know like a minor league pitcher or something. But Pol Pot hated the Bossman ruling. <laughs> worst worst thing that happened to football. Found <laughs> <laughs> to to eradicate the the back passive revision to that <laughs> offside rule. <laughs> it was just you know Paul was was gonna become a national champion and is Cambodia the sport that has like the the keepy uppy national sport where people oh play yeah like a month? Like, yeah yeah kind of I think yeah yeah um, he was he was gonna bring football back to its roots but. Inside uh... <laughs> you there there two wolves one is first gentleman second gentleman Doug playing FM all day. <laughs> practicing drumming the other one is pole pot screaming at burned idler um sorry uh just you know <laughs> no it was worth it just every but, time uh... <laughs> oh god i haven't i haven't seen another human in months <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so so but yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's happening, pretty, right? That's pretty much all that's <laughs> happening with Paul, though, is that he's inspiring our uh, our 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 future bits about Pol Pot um, in uh, at, at Grimsby Town. But uh, um, but yeah, that's that's kind of um, that's the only other thing you know besides um, Haksabanovich that's that's been a little bit uh, smoky about um, an attacking midfielder to maybe replace Kaku. The other thing about uh, Pol Pot Fernandez is that he is, uh, <laughs> that he's, he's like 28, 29 years old, which um, is both old for Red Bulls and old for the Khmer Rouge revolution. <laughs> I'm a little bit too old to be a farm laborer. So, uh, you know, um, yeah, not, you may have to wear glasses that. soon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> So, uh, all right. That's the truth. That uh, man, Cruz has a lot of guys too. I recently I, I learned about Shaggy Martinez recently, who is a real guy who plays for Cruz Azul. Um, and his nickname is Shaggy because he looks like Shaggy from Scooby Doo. That's it. 
It's really just a under underrated <laughs> depository could, of guys. You could either be you, if your name's Shaggy, it's either because of you look like Shaggy from Scooby Doo or Shaggy the rapper, and that's definitely right. that's definitely the the lesser end of, yeah. of that dichotomy for, for sure. Yeah. Um. So then we've got our forward core, which, um, to my knowledge, really not much news at all, except a, some grumbling about some loans um, from Salzburg. I mean, okay, the one, the only thing that seems solid here is that it feels like there's a steady uh, trickle of rumors and and stuff through the grapevine that Struber will probably take some guy on loan. That seems well substantiated. Who it is seems to be very unclear. Right. Do we have a clearer picture of who it might be? I mean, will it be a forward? Not, not too much. Um, there was, uh, there's a guy. Um, boy, I'm, I'm really gonna expose myself here, but uh, just a guy. <laughs> his name, <laughs> his new type of guy on Salzburg. Uh, who, um, his, his name was Akugawa, and he. He was maybe floated around kind of on some forums as maybe a guy who might come to New York, but that didn't happen because he went on loan somewhere else. Don't ask me where, but it happened in like the last couple of days. Um, and that's that's out of the picture. And yeah, you would expect um, if it's going to be a younger, it's it, it sounds like from the little tidbits we're hearing here, there, here and there that it's going to be a younger Salzburg loan than we're maybe used to for the synergy loans. It's going to be more mm-hmm. of, kind of a, a youth reserve player, which makes sense with Struber being a guy with experience in Salzburg's academy and reserves um, and having familiarity with a lot of those kind of guys. So, um, uh, and of course, being you know the the expectation that it's probably going to be a younger player is also the expectation that it's probably going to be a player further up the field. Um, you know, uh, there's there's a chance. There's one player who I actually do know the name of, um, named Brian Oko, who was floated around also a couple months ago, or maybe more last month, um, as a potential loanee who's a 17 year old uh, Austria youth international center back. Um, so maybe that could be kind of the depth in, you know, defense that we were talking about, maybe needing um, a bit earlier in the show. But um, but yeah, like you said, it's very unclear. Um, it, it does sound like there's going to be some Salzburg loans, possibly even beyond Coronel, the goalkeeper we were talking about earlier. But um, who those are besides Coronel is is a lot less clear. Oh, I mean, look, I I. I believe it could work. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say it's impossible. But I'm just saying, you know, I, I, they better win, right? Like they need to. Like, I mean, I think it, I've been fairly uh, enthusiastic. I've been a pretty big booster of this whole Thelwell Struber project so far, and I've been a believer. But I admit, you know, I'm gonna stick to my guns here and say that I've wanted a forward. I understand the case and why it could be possible that we might not need one. But I just, you know, I, I I think they need to win pretty quickly. I'm not going to have very long or eloquent excuses for the regime if we don't sign a forward and then we, and then it ends up looking like a problem, you know, because I, yeah, I really? just like, and I, if any, I cannot, I cannot blame anyone for not being enthusiastic about a Salzburg loan. Cause like, oh, there, sure. re- there really is like no, 
reason to a be. A track record yeah. of any good ones. You know, and there's there's Struber that's, being that's our possibly coach. being the worst one, yeah, the most recent one. Yeah, that's true. Because, like, you know, as, as funny as – well, I don't know if funny is the word. But, like, you know, kind of as ridiculous and kind of Colts – memory-ish as like uh omer damari was like i have to say the damari one at least was like pretty well understood in my memory at time as as being sort of a flyer right i mean we had bwp already we had royer doing a decent little supporting role as well that season like like when omer damari got that red card in the 94th minute of the playoffs everyone was like oh shit and then you thought about it for five seconds and you're like uh whatever it doesn't really matter does (laughs) you know it's fine this it's like um you know i i i understand the possibility that struber is the most plugged in guy we we've ever had and might have more of a plan but you know it it still remains it needs to be proved it needs to there's no proof of concept yet so if they go with this i hope that they do it but i won't i won't i will not be you know, scolding people for not trusting the process on this because there's not when it comes to this specific part of the process, there's no reason for me to trust it. Yeah, I too would like a shiny new toy. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, there, there are there are some non Salzburg rumors that have been slightly out there a little bit. The the most substantial being uh, Cameron Harper, who is oh, yeah, um, yeah, like. Uh, like Luca Lewis um, is a an American with a European passport who is playing for Celtic, um, of course, from in Scotland, and uh, has been kind of a you know kind of prized player in their reserve system for the last couple of years, and has gotten um, some call ups from both um, Scotland and U.S. youth national teams. Um, uh, but he's he's from California and uh, grew up there and uh, um, reportedly he's on the end of his contract this summer with Celtic, um, his kind of reserve contract. And they are talking with him about moving to first team level. And he has been getting some some piecemeal minutes at first team level with Celtic who are having kind of a, a dodgy season um, and uh, could be in the first team picture there. But um, there had been hard rumors from from both sides of the Atlantic that um, he was pretty far down the line with the Red Bulls a couple weeks ago. Um, so it's been kind of silent on that, but that's been for the for a couple weeks. But that's been the most substantial forward rumor. There's also been some little stuff here and there. Um, I, in my my professional capacity um online might have put a little egg on my face with reporting omar bogle who is a he ain't going away he ain't going away omar bogle ain't going away i still think there's a little bit of truth to this rumor but um he is a he is a striker at charlton athletic who we ran with a story coming out of ghana that uh he is in talks with the red bulls but there is a little bit of back and forth that that might have been telephone game from a person tweeting about their football manager save maybe <laughs> maybe it was doug emoff um yeah you know uh tweeting about omar bogle joining red bulls on his save but um either way it ended up in my hands i recklessly <laughs> source high up in, in the united states regime that's right that's yeah. right it just sounds like a better rumor now that I've talked through it. But, yeah, a, Bi- um, a Biden loyalist, uh, you know, senior official. 
<laughs> but um, yeah, um, yeah. The, beyond that, there doesn't sound like too much. Yeah, substantial like center forward kind of rumors, as opposed to the Haksabanovich being kind of a Kaku replacement. And or I, I mean, that could the other part of the Haksabanovich element too that I maybe should have gotten into when we were talking about him tactically is that um, he especially with Struber's system having two forwards that both kind of play a versatile role that Haksabanovic could have been kind of like an advanced forward player in addition to being kind of a number 10. So he, he or whoever we sign as a number 10 could also be kind of looked at as a forward signing, you know? So mm. uh, whether, whether that's rationalizing, not signing a true center forward, maybe it is, but um, you know, that's another way to look at it. So what I'm hearing is we need to embrace uh, and stop worrying and learn to love Ken or, or Barlow. Tom Ken. Ken Barlow, yeah. Could be. I mean, maybe maybe Struber sees Tom Barlow as his, you know, yeah, little, little, you know, work project, his little, you know, thing that he can use in his puff pieces overseas that he got he got this absolutely like ridiculous ken looking guy from some <laughs> some college in the u.s it's to... like a dinner for schmucks type thing exactly exactly okay that's that's what i was kind of getting to okay thank you that, that he's doing dinner for schmucks with the most ridiculous like you know like absurd stereotype of like a frat boy you know american like guy and get him to play as you know Batistuta, you know right uh, that's that's going to be his you know big party trick in uh in austria in the decades to come right or it can be the uh the the classic story or like you know he he gets him to be a uh, elite world-class football manager as a joke as part of a bet with a friend but over the course of doing so develops true feelings and falls in love with the football of tom ken barlow um after he you know puts on his glasses that is the uh red bull <laughs> sorry oh god <laughs> just every time you say pull back fernandez i just are you okay? Uh, you okay? No, I'm just on. I just found, I know. No, it's I'm a not. nervous laughter about him <laughs> being go being sent to work in the Pine Barrens by Pol Pot Fernandez. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. But honestly, I'm and weirdly enough, I'm actually more confused or more unsure about Brian White's future. Right? I mean, um, I. I, yeah. I, I have no idea how much to expect he he plays. But uh, Quark, I was gonna ask: Did you ever end up talking about um, like your your whole uh, your whole Tom Barlow spiel on the podcast? What my you column? Had yeah, I mean, I had that column, but you know, I I did it, reference it right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah I just referenced it, and and yeah, I don't know the column. The column kind of uh, covers a lot of turf that I've kind of touched on here and there on the podcast for the last year or so. That's true. Look, we're just um, on a different medium. I'm just trying to... Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. I, I love to to talk about myself and plug the things mm. that I do, but... Um, uh, do you guys know yeah. the rights for Once a Metro? Yeah, but... Um, the SB Nation soccer site? The Vox soccer site. Um, but, 
Yeah, no, it's whatever. Tom Barlow, I mean, he's he's the Ken, man. He's, That's true. He is K-E-N. He is going to... I mean, he, it's... it's Yeah, I don't know. I should save it for later. There's there's going to be there's going to be some good Barlow. Maybe that is a good conclude a good uh, way to tie it up though, because I think if you if you want to reference the uh, the company line uh, that we're all instructed to repeat during the morning's two weeks hate two two minutes hate two weeks two minutes whatever, uh, you can reference the the Tom Barlow column on Once Metro that Cork wrote, and for that matter, if you want to read more about. Uh, Tim Parker and kind of the, some of the takes on that. I wrote a column earlier this week on Once a Metro about Tim Parker and kind hey, of nobody kind asked of, you. Nobody asked you about plugging that. You 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 gotta you gotta have Peaches give you the salute before you can <laughs> well, plug it. Right. I, I would have been, been, been glad to plug it for you, you, but now that you've uh, stepped over the line, no. Here, I've, I've stepped on the toes of the social media <laughs> misrepresenting the honorable. Uh, once a metro name. yeah but no it's 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 true that uh brit wrote a very good uh tim barger oh, column you. that you should also check out that um yeah kind of touches on some of the themes that we've that you avid listeners would have um, mm-hmm. yeah, would have known i think that's all of the transfer rumors i mean uh, we did a draft whatever you know what literally <laughs> if the guys ever play oh, oh. <laughs> i forgot we did that <laughs> Did you forget yeah. or did it never happen? The, the MLS Super Draft did not take place. Um, yeah, it's it's back backwards turning into the, the baseball conference call, which great, you know. Yeah. yeah. Is it uh, – well, our first round draft pick had a cool name, but is it like – Ar- oh, it's so oh, well, I mean, yeah, it's our Luther Archimedes, which he Lucifer is, Archimedes. You no, know, it's Lucifer Pol Pot Archimedes, but uh, um, yes, uh, Luther uh, Ho Chi Minh Archimedes, but uh, um, he he actually played some professional minutes for Sochaux in France a few oh, years shit. ago, so that's kind of interesting. He could be kind of uh you know a little bit above your usual draft pick for that matter but also yeah, yeah just the draft who fucking cares yeah well you know once they start stealing minutes from tom barlow and brian white then you know then we'll, we'll pay attention we also have literally three m- months to go till kickoff if it even happens um which i guess is a good way to return to the fact that obviously we're still awaiting cba uh, negotiations and all that. So uh, at this stalled point in time, maybe it's better to just defer that to a next episode where hopefully we have some sort of agreement to restart the season. Um, but everything is pretty tight-lipped and uh, suspended right now as we are in the middle of this week-long extension for negotiations. So um, we can leave it to later. Is there anything, any other business, any other Red Bulls business? we should address i think that's it for this january yeah i mean there's no no season ticket gifts or anything to complain true. about this time oh the the new no training new kit looks great oh yeah that's true Ooh, yeah. i love the red board yeah. mark calling it now if the new kit is not good people are just going to buy the training kit Ooh. i think somebody even did that already going going back to kind of yeah like 2013 like buying the goalie kit here uh, yeah you know. i would Reading. think about getting it if um 
I was still playing pickup soccer regularly. That's true. Yeah, yeah I would be yeah. sick for that. I should get a, a new kit eventually just to cleanse the cursedness of my last kit. But I like to think that my, my glitch kit with Kemar's name on it will just vindicate me to future generations. Oh, yeah. yeah it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a flex for sure. For sure. Not as hard as our Gamara, but... Especially oh, yeah. after um, they win the, the World Cup, Jamaica. Oh, right. right. Yeah, obviously. Yes. That, okay. Well, cool. Well, we'll, we can leave it then for this off season episode of you from 202. Uh, if you emailed us, we didn't read it, obviously, but you can email us again later when we remember at contact at view from 202.com. <laughs> we could just check now. <laughs> no, it's already too long. Uh, have, and then Twitter is view from 202 view from 202.com read read words at once in metro.com um please cork only gives me food when i when i get clicks on there so please 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 kick just click that little, little little hatch in sam's shipping container that we mm-hmm. all that the three of them live in now and i provide them with uh, the little bit of scraps from the Vox cafeteria. Yeah, yeah, the rotisserie is very, it's very, very, very thin these days. We had a, um, we had a uh, recent renovation to our little uh, hatch. We made it double hatched so that it would insulate better in the cold. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. Yeah. Now get back in. <laughs> Till next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.